Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Endless Health Podcast, another edition of the Fear Takeover. We are joined by Jay Thomas. How are you, buddy? Fine, Stephen. Fine. Good to have you on. Ah, you'll be fine. Everyone's giving you support. Frank Kennedy, have a good one. Evening all, Jed. Good luck. Remember your bedpan. Ryan Kelly wants you to smash it. <laughs> Kaiser in. He was the first participant of the, the Fear Takeover. Yeah. Good to have you along as well. And we're joined by show regular Ross. How are you? I'm not bad, Stephen. Uh, we wine in my hand, ready to talk Celtic. And uh-huh. good to have Jed on. I know Jed quite well uh, through the golf and stuff. So looking forward to this. I mean, we've got a lot to talk about, but the first thing we'll go into, I know it seems like recently I've been changing a lot of my positions where my podcast is happening. But I got a new flag today. A great surprise when I came into the house. The original Endless Health logo over here. And then Endless House podcast here. I think it's just a cracking flag. But by the missus is great and I was well chuffed and I thought I had, had to have a place in the podcast, so I'm happy about that. But we'll do all the, the amazing stuff first. <coughs> beer 52. I think we all have a beer. Well, you're on the way. Jed's got a beer. They are our, yeah. our show sponsors. Get involved in that. Beer 52, forward slash sales. Get yourself a free case. I think you cover the postage and it continues subscription after that, but you can cancel any time. And then the Super 6. Oh, Francis Cardi is still top with 150 points. Unbelievable, the guy does keeps it going. <laughs> then we've got James Bay second, Sean Ross third, Kevin Hamsey fourth, and rounding off the top five, Alzer Jack, who's in the comments and will be our next participant of the Fewer Takeover. But we'll get stuck right in. And I'll come to you first, Jeff, as the main man tonight. Now, we all know we're out of European football, but as we always do, we kind of give a, a kind of brief overview of the game that's just happened. We've played Schachter twice. We've drew with them twice, and I think both games, if you look back, are the most winnable ties of a European campaign so far. What do you think went wrong there on Tuesday night? Uh, Tuesday night, I thought, again, finishing. <clears throat> uh, with chances, just couldn't put, didn't put the ball away. A few players didn't play to their usual standard. Uh, Haskabanovic, maybe had a lot of corners in the first half, he just couldn't get it into the six-yard box. Terrible. Now, I don't know if he was nervous. Um, also, Atate, I felt at the game, he seemed to get a lot of abuse for the crowd, which I was really disappointed with because he's had a fantastic season. But they just had one thing that we've not got. They had that uh, Modric, absolute quality. His goal was phenomenal. We sat at the opposite end. But as soon as it hurt it, we thought that's in. That's in. But that that run that he got with the boy missed the, the sitter it was the afterburners Carter Vickers can run but he couldn't get near him it was it was just lightning the, the only other player I've seen as quick as that is Mpapi that boy yep. was quality and that was the difference at European level that was the difference from Shakhtar to Celtic a guy who is just what, 21 years of age he is going to be something else and so that's yep. what I think the difference was yeah, I mean, we will come on to Mudrix Ross. I thought he was a cracking player. I think we said after the first game, he's going to go on to the bigger and better things. But looking at it from a Celtic point of view, like Jed said there, we're missing just that kind of final piece. Final piece. And I'm, I'm going to pull you up later on what you said in the chat, in our uh, podcast chat before this game. So beware of that. But what did I say? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you may take a couple more oh, steps away there, buddy. But... Uh, 
as like the overview, I mean, for me, if I, if I can go here, I think like you're going into that game, you're full of confidence, and it feels like a bit of a like a false prophecy now. Like you're you're looking forward to these home European games, but there's nothing really comes off it that's any good. We will have that on 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 the record going into the game before the draw, seven games without a win. We've kind of lost that kind of vibe where we're going and we're we're at, we're on the front foot. We're taking the two teams. We're being stodgy when we need to be stodgy. We're we're sitting back. We need to sit back. Seems like teams just can come and get a win at Celtic Park nine, and that for me isn't quite good enough. Um, well, I mean, you can't argue that teams do feel like they can come to Celtic Park and get a win because it's been happening for a number of years. But Celtic are on a journey, and in terms of Europe, they're at the beginning of that journey. I, I feel like the other night, the game itself. I feel like we probably didn't do enough to win the game. I, I think a, a draw was a fair result in the end. Um, I think we had a lot of the ball, but I, I think because we're a good team, we're, we're a decent team, but I think we had a lot of the ball as well because that's the way Shakhtar play. They allow you to have a lot of the ball because of the pace they've got on the break. It, it's I don't think it's any secret. Uh, the, I mean, Jed's talked about Mudrick there. It's like Midrick FC to an extent, but <laughs> they're really good on the break. And at times, Jed's uh, alluded to Hatati getting booed there. I wasn't at the game myself, so I didn't pick up on the boos, but certainly don't agree with that at all. I, I don't think he deserves to be get, getting booed. But I, for me, I think Hatati gave the ball away quite a lot the other night. And he he's done it. No, I'm no slagging him because he's been excellent for us. But he has gave the ball away a lot in the European campaign. And I know he plays on the edge. He tries to play the difficult pass, miss a man out, and it gets his forward up the park quicker. But sometimes when you try that against quarter opposition, you can get caught out if you don't execute it right. And at times he hasn't executed it right. And that was no more evident than when they scored their goal. He just played a ball into an area. He wasn't under immense pressure. There wasn't a pass on, but he didn't get enough on it. And they broke, they they braked on us, and it was, it was. He, he, I mean, we talk about Carter Vickers trying to get to him. He tries to wipe him out. I've heard people saying, "Can just just be that cynical." Carter Vickers tries to be cynical, but he can't get near him. The guy's rapid, and for me. I know we'll probably go into it later, but I, I felt Hart could have maybe done better. I, I know it was a for, lethal for strike. The goal? Aye. It dipped right at the end, Ross. It dipped over Hart. I know it was. Aye, I'm not saying. It, it, it wasn't. It was quite close to him, though. It wasn't right in the top corner, but we'll probably go into it. But aye. And, in terms of the game itself, I don't think we've done enough on the night to win the game. I think over the piece, I draw was fair. But, but yeah, also, I mean, see, you mentioned about Hatati giving the ball away. If you look at the games in Europe, you go back. Four or five years, whatever. Look yeah. at the many times Carl McGregor gives the ball away. Oh, I, 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 I'm not but just singling I, him out. I, Absolutely, I, I agree I with that, Jed. That's what I was getting annoyed about at the game the other night when you could hear the crowd in Atati's back. Yeah, he didn't have his greatest game. But, geez, oh, he's, how many games has he won for us since he's been here? Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're all entitled to a bad game. But it just, yeah. I, I just was a bit annoyed at the game the other night when I felt they were singling out Atati. Yeah, I mean, I will come on the, the player performances. I think you're making great points. And actually, Ross, to be fair, 
I do kind of agree with what you said about Joe Hart, but as you said, we'll go on that a bit later on. But just to rewind that, Jed, back to before the game kicked off, we've seen the lineup being produced. And obviously, the big surprise was Kyogo was starting with Yakimakis in that team for like probably the first time and always come on and they mm-hmm. play kind of 15 minutes here and there together in a couple of games. But for me, looking at that lineup, one thing about it, you have to hold your hands up and say it was probably what the majority of Celtic fans wanted going into this kind of game. For a better price, try and win it. Put on your your valuable assets, getting them goals and stuff like that. Kyogo playing off the off Jack and Marcus, he was coming really deep at times as well. I mean, Haksabanovich, you mentioned him. I think we lose a bit of him when he's out wide. I think he's much better in the number ten position where he can kind of play off the wind and off the cuff a wee bit. But just the the lineup itself, Jed, what was your feeling towards that? I've well, seen Ross, obviously I, I, a lot of people. Sorry, I actually. Askabanovic was going to be playing like the number 10 role and Kyogo would have been out in the wing. That's what I thought. Mm. But when when they, when they started the game, you could clearly see it was he was just playing off uh, Giacomacchus. But, I mean, we had a very attacking-minded team for the game the other night. I still did think we were going to win. I, know I didn't feel they put us under loads of pressure. But just that that bit of quality showed yeah. with them. And, I mean, we've seen where Leipzig beat Real Madrid. They went to Leipzig and played with them. You know, they drew with Real Madrid. I mean, if you look, we've had 68 shots in the five games. We've had 22 on target. So they don't include, like, the first game Real Madrid when... McGregor rattled the post or the crossbar. That doesn't count as being in target. Uh-huh. Right? So when you look at the... So we scored three goals. Shakhtar has had something like... I think they've scored... Is it eight goals? Eight goals they've scored? And yeah, they've I had, so. Their average game, we have had, over the five games, we have had 45% possession. Shakhtar's had 40. Real Madrid has had 59 and Leipzig at 55, which you would expect from that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I know that I've said as well, a finishing hasn't mm-hmm. been, that's been a downfall. When you look at the amount of chances we've created, also the amount of corners we've had, but it's going to take time. You know, I think this, this first season was a learning curve in the Champions League. Next season, fingers crossed we win the league, then we can go. Then we can say, right, we move on to the next stage. You keep that form up, Jenny. You'll be on the stats trap with me soon. I love them stats. <laughs> yeah. But here, I, t- I tell you what, Ross, as well, Jen makes a great point. When we look at like the averages and stuff, and, and people call us the 55 minute team and, and all that type of stuff, and I mean, that lineup, I go back to it again, Ross, for yourself. There was many of us saying, can, can we try Kyogo and Jack and Magus off top together? Can we play them off the left and stuff like that? But how, how did you feel when it came out? A lot of different opinions on social media as usual. You're going to get people who support and against it. Me personally, I was all for it because you're missing Jada, you're missing McGregor. So you need to put that extra talent in where you can. I um, when it first came out, I was surprised. Firstly, because I didn't think, certainly in this game, he wasn't going to experiment with that. But then after that, I think I was quite happy. Unlike Jed, I felt like a. Kyogo would play in the, the sort of 10 role. I felt Haksabanovic would go out wide, albeit that I, I feel you get more for Haksabanovic through the middle, but I also feel you get more for Kyogo through the middle. So it was a toss-up between the two. Uh, 
I was quite happy with the lineup, um, and I, I thought they'd done okay. But I don't. Th- I mean, it was it's a hard one. It, it's only one game. They maybe need a runny games playing alongside each other. I don't think it worked brilliantly. But then at the same time, you're playing against a well organised, compact defence. I know we we had our chances throughout the game, but mm-hmm. I think it was hard. Hard to find the spaces and stuff. I think if you've seen them, I don't think he'll do it, but I think if you've seen them playing, in fact, no, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say against Livingston because they're similar, compact and that, but a, a, a domestic game, if you've seen them getting a run of games like that, I think you would maybe see it coming more to fruition, the, the partnership, the link-up. I think the other night, just a one-off game, it's difficult. Um, but I was happy with the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I want to go back to a point here. Beach Boys made how many chances of shots have the opposition had against us in the five games? People make it out we're dominating for ninety minutes, and there are goalie and their goalies are having world leagues. We played thirty minutes a game. I said, I'm of the opinion the way Beach Boys has come across. He makes a great point in that fact because stats, as Tony McLaughlin said in their previous stats drop episode, can lead you astray and and somewhat mm-hmm. you're thinking your team's performing better and, and that type of stuff. For me, getting into this European campaign, we did the obviously live reaction to the draw we were given their opinions and I don't think any of us said fourth place <laughs> let's be honest no one no one looked at that and went you know what yeah, I want Sally yeah. to finish fourth place you're, you're, you're not going to well I mean but if you're being realistic you think you can go up against Leipzig and Shakhtar and get results and if we bring it back to what Beach Boy said there I do believe that sometimes we're made out to be unbelievable at the minute with our press and the stuff they got in European football but it does tail off. That's a concern for me. Is it a concern for yourself? Because when that tails off, we become vulnerable and usually that's when we can see goals. Yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah, as a concern, um, I, I'll i be honest, I was when the draw was made, I thought the best we could do was finish third and then get in the Europa League. Because, look, any German teams we play, they are so technical on the ball. They know, they don't, when they played us at Celtic Park, very calm, bringing it out. I've lost there. Have we lost them, Ross? Thanks, so? I think we have. I think we have. Hi. <laughs> Jen, if you're going to hear Ross, try and leave the studio and come back in again. Yes. Yeah, you're back. You're back. back. You're back. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah, I just, I just feel as though. That I wasn't expecting too much this season in the Champions League. I was realistic. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we're playing, let's be honest, we're playing in a substandard league where we're the big fish and we are expected to beat all the opposition in Scotland. When you step up into Europe, and especially the Champions League, it's a different different level. But yeah, that's the first half against Real Madrid. We, oh, we were fantastic. We just didn't the chances didn't fall away, but you know. But I, I still look at it as a as a stepping stone to next year. Uh, the oh, only yeah. thing you know, I just hope on when we play Real Madrid because they need to win now to gain to make sure they finish top of the the group. That uh, they don't absolutely take goals and goals off us. That's my concern. Yeah, I mean, next week? Kaiser. Kaiser on the last year takeover, he's right here. He wanted the yeah. win, and he was all about <laughs> ambition, Ross. And I of think you, you do, you, you do make a great point. Yeah, my grand always says, and who's watching, 
we're playing in a, a substandard SPFL. We're coming off these Champions League games. We're going to Dingwall or we're going to uh, Aberdeen or wherever it may be. And you're having to keep your game and levels maximised to play these teams for us. And I think sometimes we get a bit lost in that because I believe we kind of make an excuse in our heads being like, this league hampers our chances. This league's why we're not doing well. Money, finances dictate everything. But there's teams out there in the Champions League, like uh, a Victoria Plaza, for example, um, Maccabi Haifa, they were getting results. And I know, and Club Bruges, and I know they've been in the group stage far, far more often than we have in the last couple of seasons. But there's no doubt in my head, if we were playing Maccabi Haifa or Club Bruges, we'll probably take a couple of points off. And like, so what, what's the difference in that aspect? Because you can't say in one argument, yeah, the league's hampering us and finances dictate a lot of things when there's teams for us that can actually do it on a, on, a, on a lower budget than us? Well, I think you answered your own question in that. The, the difference is that they've participated in it for the last number of years, unlike us. And Ange came in and took over a team in absolute disarray. And, I mean, if you go by what everybody told us last season, we should not have won that league last season. But we did, and we won a cup. So... By rights, we're probably, and I'm, I'm no making excuses here, but by rights, we're probably in, the, probably in that Champions League a year sooner than most realistic people would think. I think we've done okay. I'm not making any excuses. I think we could have done better if we'd finished our chances, but you're not going to tell me that like, we, we haven't got an opportunity to go and win this league again. And we've now got an opportunity where we don't have to qualify. And, and winning the league, it propels us right into the tournament again. And the same thing will happen. We all spoke about it in the summer. When we knew we were going straight into the tournament, the board spent the money because they knew it was there. Mm-hmm. They never spent all the money, don't get me wrong, but they've backed Ange, in mm-hmm. my opinion, to the best of their ability. Most of what he's asked for, he's got. And he's took the squad onto the next level for where he took over. So the next step is win this league and get another shot at going straight into the Champions League. And again, with the we knowing that we're guaranteed the Champions League. So again, and by the way, they don't need to, it's not about buying as many players now. It's about just adding maybe three or four bits of quality just to again take us to the next level. Because that's Angel no accept no moving on and getting better. He'll no accept that and he'll just say, Look, if he's are wanting to just stand still at this, then I'm out. I've told mm-hmm. you my vision when I there's no doubt in my mind he has told that board his vision when he came in. And if you don't meet yeah. my like ambition, then I'll move on. And by the way, if he wasn't doing the job then fair enough. But he is doing the job. And the next step is have another go at it next season and get better and be better. And if we are not better, then that's that's when questions will start to get asked. And questions are getting asked to now, rightly so. There are no winning games in the Champions League. But at the same time, like Jed says, you have to have that element of realism and realise that where we are and where we've came from and where we want to be and I would say at the moment, we're sort of in that middle section of going for absolutely rank rotten to maybe making an impact in this tournament. But I say maybe because 
we could add three or four bits of quality, but that doesn't guarantee you success in that tournament because it is so, so difficult to play mm-hmm. against the top teams. That's that's just my yeah, opinion. No, I think Alistair Jackler came in uh, where your head of this was, yeah. the, the league and stuff, was meant to be one as well. Well said, Rosser. And I think uh, Kaiser is out with a few fishing hooks tonight. Does anyone feel Alan's has reached his peak and took as far as, far as he can? <laughs> what a question. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some uh, player performances. The one thing I do want to get snuck into because I think it's interesting and it, it gets brought up every week, but it's more more and more coming to the fore now with the two of them playing together at the minute. Yakimakis and Kugo in the Champions League. Now, Yakimakis took his goal, obviously, one touch again, finished at uh, bottom right corner, I believe, kind of a snapshot, took his chance well. He hasn't really uh, started most of the Champions League games, I believe, for me personally. He should have been given more chances. I don't know if it'll have led to more goals. I mean, the stats again, 71% of the games that Yakimakis plays, he scores in, compared to 56% of Kyogo. Where do you stand on that kind of argument? I know, for me, personally, I'm going to hang, hang my hat on Yakimakis start more games. I think he's more of a clinical finisher. Kyogo's just going through a bad spell. Like, Well, I think on previous podcasts, when I've been commenting, I do feel Yakimakis is the number one. Uh, I think he's a more natural goal scorer. His record in Holland before he came is phenomenal. Leading goal scorer for a team that was relegated. And give him a chance, he will score. The guy, I mean, like, there was commenting Monday night when he scored his goal against Aps. I think if anybody, I think he was ready to knock somebody out, he was so pumped up. You need that, you need that. Now, Kyogo's been great, but he's not a natural finisher. Jackamakis is. So I would... For the big games, I would always start Jack and Marcus. See, if you look back at the Champions League campaign, <clears> think <throat> it's a mistake maybe we didn't start him more? Yeah, but you can understand, again, why Ange, he's, you know, he wanted Kyogo, he knows how he's quick, he can cause problems, try and get him in between the defenders. But a lot of times, we weren't getting the ball to him as often. He would probably like. Mm-hmm. So... Jack and Marcus is a more ruffle them up, create space for other people as well to come in. But I can, again, I can understand why Ange will play Kyogo. But my personal opinion is Jack and Marcus for me all the time. Yeah, all I think time. Jack and Marcus, his record speaks for itself, Ross. And it's no slam on <laughs> Kyogo. People may think we're saying Kyogo doesn't deserve a first thing, but that's not what we're saying at all. We're <laughs> me, well, me personally, I know, I know you, Jed, as well. Or just going by form of what we're seeing with the eye. I, if I look back to the Champions League campaign, I'm thinking Yakimakis takes a couple of them opportunities. For example, the one where he played Kyogo through, and he, I know he mishit it, but it's like one of them ones. If he, if he had the confidence and the assurance he did himself last season, would have been a chip over the keeper. And I think Yakimakis would have that mindset to do that because he's more of a, a reaction type finisher. He loves doing the one touch finishes. Is it a hindsight thing we're looking back on here saying this, or is it just plain to see that Jack and Magnus would have scored more goals in this campaign? But, but Ross, remember last season, I can't even remember who we played when it was the afternoon kickoff a year ago in a midweek. And Kyogo, with a th- you know, the through ball from, was it Jota, played the pass? Yeah, Jota. And he just he finished it. Would you have finished that saying one other night? No, he wouldn't, because mm-hmm. his, his confidence has gone a little bit. But when he's on song, He's fantastic. He's just been off form a little bit. I do think if he starts getting the goals, he'll get back there. But the now Jack and Marcus has got to start. Go ahead, Ross. Um, I, I mean, I, I kind of disagree with that. I think at, at the moment, 
Kyogo is out of form, there's absolutely no doubt about it. I think that Giacomacus, I'm just sort of reiterating what Jed said, I think he's the best finisher of the two, I think he's the more natural finisher. In terms of that chance, eh, you spoke about that Kyogo, eh, Giacomacus put him through in goal. I don't even think that Giacomacus dinks it over the keeper. I don't know if he's got that in his locker. I think he puts it, he puts his laces through it and the keeper doesn't save it. He puts it to the side of him with accuracy. I don't think he's got that that dink in his locker. I don't think he, that's not the type of finish he does. I've not seen him score a goal like that. But, I mean, somebody said in the comments there, uh, I don't know who it was, Kyle Go was amazing last year. He's not a striker this year. The fans are so fickle. I totally agree with that. Kyogo is out of form. That is it at the moment. But he's still a really, really good player. And totally agree with Jed. When he gets... I know he got that goal against Motherwell, but I mean, fuck, I could have scored that. But when he does get that one where you're like, right, that's me back in the goals, he'll come good again. But, I mean, I think you asked some along the lines of it. If Jack and Marcus had played more, would we have would he have taken a lot of the chances? The mm. one against Leipzig, the header, eh, when Haksabanovic Hacksabana, plays yeah. it in for Kelgo, I think he scores that all day long. Easy. Yep. I think if Jack and Marcus scores that chance that comes to him near the end in Poland against Shakhtar, I think if he scores that, he gets more minutes in the Champions League, but he doesn't take that chance and it doesn't it doesn't force Postacoglu's hand at that stage. And if he scores that, then his hand is forced because Kyle goes out of form even then. And he has to play him like he's doing now because he has, he, over the last number of weeks, he's, he's putting the ball in net and Kyle goes no, and that's forced his hand. And if he scores that chance, it maybe forces his hand earlier and we maybe get more success. But you don't know. It's, it's all ifs and buts. At the end of the day, it's a league campaign, but it's a mini-league. And Celtic played brilliantly in spells. Mm-hmm. But the league table doesn't lie. Celtic could have got more if they'd taken their chances, but they didn't. And the teams they played mm-hmm. did take their chances. So we're where we deserve to be in that sense. But I'm happy with how they performed and I'm filled with hope that they are going in the right direction. There's absolutely no doubt about it. People talk about, Ken, uh, the process and all that. Trust the process. It's not about trusting the process for me now. It, I already trust the process. It's about... I, I've said it in previous podcasts. It's it, We're doing that. And I'm quite happy with the trajectory of the team at the minute. It's no... Go, it's, it's no a super quick trajectory like Martin O'Neill had. But he spent a lot more than Ange Postacoglu. And I know the teams that he beat, but at the end of the day, he still didn't get out of the group. A bit a bit of luck and stuff like that, he might have. But I'm quite happy with where this team are. I'm quite content. I'm not worried. They're, they're getting better and better all the time. They started this season on absolute fire. They had the Champions League. Uh, by the way, I, see that? It really annoys me, right? People get upset with us, uh, trust the process 
he's just said it's a name driver. Sorry, I don't know who it was that put the comment on. Frank Brennan. I, I don't even say trust the process. I can't even mind the last time I heard anybody, any of my pals, anybody in my circle saying trust the process. Like, it's it's no trust the process now. The, the, the process is in motion and I already trust it. No, I'd say trust. Aye, I know. Apparently, no. Like, it's not about trusting the process now. I already trust. I trusted the process when we won the CIS Cup. Eh, no, the CIS Cup. God Almighty, whatever it is, the League Cup, <laughs> the the Premier Cup. Showing my age there. I trusted the process when we won that, right? And I trusted the process when we won a league title that nobody gave us a hope in hell of winning. Now, the process for me is working. But it's still a process we're in the midst of. And I've said it. We started there. We won the cup. We went there. We won the league. We've went there. We went into the Champions League. And by the way, when that draw was made, it was initially, I thought, third place. That would be great. <laughs> right, I'm just going to show up. Everybody's getting right. <laughs> <laughs> You know what no, I'm saying? I, it's not yeah. about trusting the process. The, uh, we already trust it. And people who yeah. get upset about that, I've, I've got a chip in their shoulder or something, or they, 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 they think it makes them sound clever asking about that. The, uh, we're in, a, in the midst of a process. And we all trust yeah. it. And if you didn't trust it, you didn't get football. You trust the, team are, you trust the, the team process, are playing brilliant. But... You trust the process, but don't say trust the process. It is a process where we're progressing every year. We're in the process. We love the process. Trust the process. That's Aye. all we got there. Us absolutely love it. I know. But I mean, fucking. To, you know what I'm saying, to be, Yeah, hundred percent. See to be fair with the like, uh, as well. What Ross is saying. I mean, he brought me on to the next bit, but perfectly fine. I wanted to touch on a, a couple more players before we get there, but we will get there. Uranovic, Jeff, got a lot of stick for uh, Mudrick not taking him down in that uh, kind of phase of play where he cut in and got that goal. Much like Ross, I believe Joe Hart should have done better. There's been a few questionable saves or not saves, in my opinion, in this Champions League campaign. But in the footage, what I seen on TV, it looked like he was going to go in, change his mind last minute, stood him up, and people are saying that's, that's the way you have to play. But then he let him get inside with no pressure at all. He gets the strike away. It's the final blow to our Champions League campaign. For me, it just wasn't quite good enough. There needed to be a bit more commitment than even go for the tackle, take him out if you have to, take the hit for the team. You were at the game. What was the feeling at that point? Yeah, like I say, I sit at the opposite end and he's, you're not about to let him go in on the inside and then he just hurt it. But I mean, we're talking about Kyogo not being playing well. Juranovic hasn't been playing well for a, for a wee while. You know, because I would have been quite happy if Ralphson had started the other night because he definitely has not been one of our better players, Juranovic. And he, at times, he gets caught, I suppose it's the system we're playing, he gets caught up the park at times. And then if a ball just gets thrown over the back, that's it. But he definitely, maybe a little bit tighter on him, but yep. saying that, that guy is absolute quality. He just dinked the passer and bang. And what can we do? <laughs> I, I know you say that. I know you say that, Ted, but there was people in this Champions League game that, that thought we were dripping with quality and like Seattle would have made, made, made more of an impact than he did. 
likes of Kyogo would have made a more impact than they did. So is it is it a is it a case of maybe the players for for Celtic believing in themselves a bit more? I know Modric was brilliant. Mudrik was brilliant, right? He had the pace, he was lightning, he was skillful, and he scored a crack and goal. But surely Celtic can aim to that level as well. But are these guys well, both of them are foreigners, so I can't imagine they're reading a lot of press. Are they believing the hype surrounding it before you know you're at the start of the season Juranovic was going away from mega millions. You know, so was he believing the hype a little bit himself? You know, he was getting asked by the reporters. You know, were you believing the things like that? Because it was it was discussed on here. So yep. was he believing that hype a wee bit himself? I think, oh, I'm only. You know, he just he, I just felt he I just feel he hasn't been playing well for a wee while. And then it, that's a it, great point. Other, that's a great point, Ed and, and Ross. I like you this coming this one as well. Is Ranovic maybe believing in what he's reading in terms of sixteen million pound moves to Chelsea, yeah. moves to Manchester United? Was his head turned at that point? For me, he hasn't been quite on form. There, there is glimpses of him coming back to, to what he, he's used to and stuff like that in terms of what we're used to seeing. But Champions League level, Ross, I don't think he's been great. No, I don't. I don't think he's performed great. Most of the season, I, I I don't think he's been terrible. I don't think he was terrible the other night. I don't think he was absolutely at fault for the goal the other night. Um, you say, does he believe the hype of the the the, the supposed offers? There's not been an offer for Kyogo, so nobody's saying is he believing the hype about the offers. Apparently, there's been an offer for Juranovic, so you. The first thing you go to is, is he believing the hype about the offers? I think it's similar to Kyogo. He's maybe a bit out of form. He came in and he performed immensely, like a lot of the team did last year. And the team are still performing to a really high level. Just not quite... But, well, domestically, I think they are still still performing to that level. But everybody seems to think that they're performing worse because they're playing in this Champions League and they forget the quality player that they're playing against. For me, the goal the other night, you've got Mudrick, absolutely rapid, right? He's a world-class player. There's absolutely no but doubt about can it. I, can I stop you there, though? Can I stop you there a wee second? Studs yeah. Lanigan came in and said, we allowed him that space, and I think that's totally correct. We were culpable for allowing him But that, that wasn't Juranovic's fault. He was, well, he was the, the, def- the defence was exposed because... Uh, most of them were out of position because Hatati gave the ball away. They were attacking, exactly, aye. He gives the ball away and like that, they're on us because that is their game. That is what they live off of. That's what they feed off of. That's what they want. That's why they sit in. Hatati gives the ball away straight away. They get the ball to Mudrick. I don't know if there's a pass in between that. I can't mind. And at that, him running at you for just inside our half, I think, Mm-hmm. You're exposed and you're backtracking. And I think for me, he, he, he does his very best to show Mudrick out wide. But Mudrick just shifts it. And like Juranovic sort of running back, he, he can't find his feet because he's, he's trying to usher him out wide. But he just shifts it, comes inside. And at that, <clears throat> I, I challenge anybody to try and defend that when a guy's running you at pace. Running at you like that at pace. Take him you're, out. You're not. You're not. St- take him out. He's trying to usher him out wide. He's shifted it, and 
Yanavich can't adjust his body to then take him out. He's already shifted it and he's passed him. And you can't, you can't, I don't know what the word is, but you can't allow for that shot that he strikes. It's a tremendous shot. But then, again, and it's, it's, I'm only saying Joe Hart could have done better. I'm not saying he, he should have done better. I just felt, even if he gets a glove on it, because it's not that far away from him, it might, it might take it away from the goal. It, he might just get a glove on it and it's got that much pace on it that it still goes in. I just felt he could have done a wee bit better. I think it was close, quite close to him. And I think sometimes, I think one-on-ones when Joe Hart rushes out to you, he's absolutely brilliant. I think yeah. shot-stopping, sometimes it's questionable. And I, I felt it was slightly questionable the other night. But at the same time, it was a brilliant run. Takes out one, two, maybe three defenders with one shift of the ball. No, one shift of the ball, he takes out Juranovic. And there's nothing he can do about it. And then he strike takes out the other two defenders. It's a it's a world of a strike, but it's not right in the top corner. And it's came for about twenty odd yards. Hart could maybe do better, but maybe I'm being picky. No, I, I do get what you're saying. And I mean we're going to different avenues tonight and we're going to go down another one here, Jed. Legrandas come in, and I think this is quite interesting. How does this team compare with Strachan's team, Jed, in terms of European football? We speak we speak about, obviously, working into this campaign and we're playing against world-class players. We've seen Gordon Strachan's team get into a campaigns against the likes of Milan, your Barcelona's, your Manchester United's, your Benfica's who were on, like they were top 10 at that time in terms of Cardozo and all up front, cracking players in that team. We managed to get through the groups twice. Arguably, probably, our most successful period with Strachan at, at that type of time since probably the, the Seville run and, and all that type of st- stuff and leading up to now as well. So this is this is what really gets me sometimes that people say, we're learning this, we're learning that. A team of Paul Hartley and Barry Robson and like Telfer, the likes of Paul Evanders, Telfer, yeah. Paul Telfer, dripped with a bit of uh, quality like Nakamura, obviously, and yeah, Scott McDonald, who was a fantastic goal yeah. scorer in terms of poaching. But where does this team compare to that? Well, you've got. I think the main difference is between Strachan's team and Angie's team. I, I, Strachan were was more structured. You know, they didn't have the inverted fullbacks going up, so they, we weren't getting caught out down the wings. You know, the right back wasn't up almost playing the number ten role at times in Strachan's team. They never had that, so they were more structured. Whether he's, they were not as quick at moving the ball as Angie's team. I just think it was down to they stayed in the positions where they were meant to be. Defenders were defending. They weren't the right back and left back weren't shooting up all the time and being in just like the number ten role. That that's yeah. what I think the main difference between that. They were just apart from Nakamura was probably the superstar in the team. Mm. You know they were work work like you know they would run through a brick wall. Yeah. You know n- nothing fancy. But I just felt they were more de- they were more organised defensively than the way yeah, Andy I mean, sets up his team. Well, then that brings me back to this day as well. Just looking back at you, uh, Stubbsy Horse here, second played the, the team tactics for the team he faced. He didn't stick with the philosophy the way Ange does. Now, if I if I look at the yeah, Shakhtar game, right? Point, that's a very good if point. I, if I look at the Shakhtar game, Jed Dustin in a, like a nicely in an incident, they played really well, like smartly. The, the two banks of four. Their strikers drop back, and then the head is quick on the counter attack. 
the way the way I look at that is, and and I, look, I know Alan's had this time. I know we all love it. We play some of it as a football, but sometimes in European football, I think we need a bit more streetwise, a bit more smart, a better pressing, especially in the final third. If we're pressing from the top forward, the gaps between midfield defence are incredible at times. And Ross rightly said. We were out of possession for the first goal, which led to Atate misplacing that pass. Bang, we're done. But if, if you look at if you look at Shakhtar, right? They were so compact, back to front, midfield to the forwards, and they hit us all the time. Why could we, at Celtic, not do that with the legs of Meda on the wing? So you, you said Mudrik, unbelievable speed. We've got a speedster in our team. Why could we not play a wee bit deeper? And I know it might not be pretty, right? And it might not be amazing. But why could we not play that two two banks of four, two forwards? Let them come to us and then counter-attack like most European teams do. Well, I think I think you're right. I, I, if we could, if, if I had to ask Anne to do anything, it is in certain games, we maybe need to be a more bit, more bit defensive-minded that we can, we can, we're not all up attacking all the time and leaving space for these teams to exploit us. Because even, we've seen in some of the, the Scottish games, the, you know, a ball's been put over the top, and we're like, shit, they're going to score. So, yes, yeah. I do think he needs to change it, but is it the Kevin, Kevin Keegan style of football he wants? Three score two, we'll score three. <clears throat> you know, it's just out and out attack. Um, yeah. Well, he maybe, hopefully, next season, he'll learn from it and be a bit more tactical, and he'll play a system for whatever team we're playing. We're not playing, somebody says we've made a we're playing the same system all the time. We need to then change it per team. Yeah. We're up against a, yeah. a quicker team. We need to then match that. Have an extra person in the midfield. You know, or go five at the back. Yeah. I but totally agree. Because can I sorry? There has to be there has to be a different system. Sorry, Ross, two weeks seconds. That's what I address with Anthony said here, different times, Nassau's to compare. Anthony, again, sorry, buddy, but I think you're being ignorant to the two different uh, styles no, of teams no, here. What I'm, what, what I'm suggesting is, right, I'm a grander. We looked at a team like Strachan's Ross, and we talked about world-class players. Come on. Are you telling me the likes of Shakhtar would have got results against United or Benfica or Barcelona or Milan back then? And they were literally talent. I mean, this isn't Shakhtar's full team we're talking about. They're missing players because of the war that's happening. They're missing Brazilian players. They're missing all sorts of players who, who at the end of the day, could have come in that team and it could have been a different result. They could have beat us. So I don't Aye. know where all this is coming from, the fact that we're being a wee bit shut, shut off to the fact that we maybe have to tweak something in European football to get more results. I don't really, I don't get it. Right, well, you spoke about there, right, about playing two banks of four, for instance, right? Tell me who you're going to play as a, a midfield four to go defensive in that Celtic squad because Ange hasn't bought players to play like that. He's bought players to play one way. You're not going to, you're not right. Put it this way, right? If if we were going to play that game, right, the other night, and he started with the back four, he started with right, and then he played a midfield for a, I don't know, um, maybe Abugard. Hatate, uh, a couple of sitters, right? Whoever it would be, right? Maybe a, a McCarthy. That lineup came out. You would go off your banger. You would go off your absolutely. It would have been not. that. You do not but need to set it... up with defense. You do not need to set up with defensive men. Well, you... a tight, rigid system. You're not you know what to tell me that Hatate and a 
O'Reilly are going to be playing two o- in a banky Ross, four. O'Reilly's been the six, and he's been our most defensive player. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. No, for me anyway. I'm, but I'm not. I, go ahead, sorry. No. I've just Quite got great. to say as well. No, I, I thought you were going to talk so stupid, but um, <laughs> you, you compared it to the the, the striking era, right? See, when Stratton took over, a fair people say, and he did downsize, right? He downsized for a team that got to a European final, right? Yep. First and foremost. So downsizing, okay, he did downsize. But he downsized to still a pretty good team. Pretty good team that made an impact in Europe. But see, when Gordon Stratton came in, what? He didn't make an impact in I... Europe. But he made Steven an impact in Europe. Back, but yeah, I... He made an impact in Europe. Was it Bratislava? Well, was, that's what I was. That's what I was coming to. Ahead, they, they lost 5-0 over in Bratislava trying to qualify for the Champions League when they first came in. And, OK, they won 4-0 back at home, but didn't they get there? So they had, they had that year to then get ready. And they made an impact. Ange got to the Champions League and that team that Ange took over was nothing like the team that Gordon Stratton. I know there was a bit of a rebuild there and a bit of a downsize, but the team that Ange Postacoglu took over there wasn't in the same realm as the team that Gordon Stratton took over. So right away, he's ahead. Ange Postacoglu has got to the Champions League a year before any of thought he should have. You've got to give him time. You've got to be patient in terms of Europe. He's doing it in the league. Europe, we just we just need a bit more patience, in my opinion. And I think it's unfair to compare the Strachan team to the Ange Postacoglu team at this moment in time. Well, that, that, that's that's fair enough. I, I'm, again, I just read out the point where I was coming from. We went into that kind of camp, them campaigns with less um, <laughs> gossip players than we have now, arguably, because we've got like Kyogo. Um, we had uh, all them types of guys, uh, flash names, Atate, etc. Working in the Champions League campaign with the likes of Hartley and Robson, and we're still getting results, but we can't do it with players who are going to be better than, than them players in their time. But just to kind of round it off here, it's not either all out of attack or parking the bus. So you can be hard to break down. Then you win the ball, play expansive football, all out of attack with no defensive cover is suicide football. Yeah, Beast Boys, that's where Miller I was coming from. It needs to be a more streetways spot and how we're going to get results because you can't play come. against. Yeah, and yeah, and I hope it does. I hope this is a learning curve. I really do. But, I, I, I do. But by the I mean, way, no see, like Abigail, and he was going to be the defensive midfielder, but he's hardly mm-hmm. played. You know, but Ange just said that he's him and Haksabanovic and that you'll see the best of them in the second half of the season because they've not really had a pre-season. But see the Stratton team. Mm-hmm. See, I I don't know. I, I mean, you don't know for sure, but. I'm not so sure that they would get out of group now. Like, football, I think, in the last 20 years, has changed dramatically. And I think the way this Celtic team is trying to play is suited to the way football has changed. And I think that with a wee bit more quality, they, they will do better. But I, th- I think the way Stratton's team played, the teams they were playing against weren't they? as expansive as the teams that Celtic are playing against now. Yeah, I, I 100% get your argument that football's teams, but again, that could be said for di- every type of era, the 90s, to the 80s, Which 70s, is why 60s. you shouldn't compare. 
the teams. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, it's just merely the players, Jed. And I'll come to you for this to kind of round it off because I'm actually enjoying the chat. There's loads of people in the comments getting involved. Ross is actually sat up paying attention. What, what, what do you think, Jed, in terms of that there? That's a joke, by the way, Ross. <laughs> then you get it. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've followed Celtic since Jock Steam is the manager. Since I first started going to games with my dad. So I've, I've seen 15 managers out of the club's 18 managers in the whole 134 years. I've followed Celtic when there's 15 of them. There's been good times and bad times. Even with Martin and Neil Gordon striking, we conceded late goals as well, silly goals. I do, I'm giving Ange a little bit of leeway in the now because it's his first season in Europe. But next year, or in the Champions League, sorry, first season in the Champions League, next year I will be looking for improvement. And what you're saying, mm. Stephen, is do we, we set out a team to ever playing another whatever team we're playing, we're going to have to set it up. We can't go the same way all the time because these teams will pick us off. Yeah. The only way we can do that is if we convert the chances. The 68 shots within goal and the 22 of them in target, it, it needs to be instead of eight goals, it needs to be 15 goals. That's the only way that we can win. Like I mentioned earlier, the Kevin Keegan philosophy of football. They score four, we'll score three. But unfortunately... We can't do that at the at the moment. We just get the team playing together a little bit longer, and next year, yeah, I will expect to see a difference. Well, well, at the beginning of this season, we're all thinking, God, Angie's second season is meant to be even better than the first anywhere he's been. Now, Europe's not been that, but if we turn around and win the treble this year, it's an improvement. And if we all, yeah. if, if, at the beginning of the season, if we, if we had asked everybody, look. We're going to get knocked out of the Champions League. We won't get through the group stages, but we're going to win the treble. How many? Mm-hmm. We would all bite your hand off for that. So yeah, we've just got to hope to do that. By the way, I 100% agree with everything you've just said there, Jed. But you said that Europe hasn't been an improvement this year. I, I would argue it possibly has. Now, I know... Uh, results we, haven't. We scored, got, sorry. Uh, results haven't. But performance, performance level, it, performance it, level, I think, against a higher quality team, aye, I think it's improved. I don't think that Celtic team that played in the Europa League group stage last season could have performed as well as this team have against any of the teams in this group this year. The team for last year, I don't think, could have. I think that's yeah. an improvement still. Fair point. I was thinking more of the results rather than... I know, I, know, I understand that. I understand that. Each game where we have been great, really good, but mm-hmm. we've just not been able to keep it going. Yeah, 100%. And they kind of round off the campaign. And I know we've got a, a dead rubber against Real Madrid at the, the Bernabeu, Ross, which I don't really, to be honest, not really have the buzz about. I don't. I just think it's going to be one of them games we're going to go and, I don't know, hopefully spring a surprise. But there was one thing I did want to touch upon. I, I've been quite vocal about it, as, as you all know on the podcast. I was quite confident about our chances in, in European football. And I said I'd hang out with any European football after Christmas as a failure, in my opinion. At this kind of at this level, for us, we should be aiming benchmark third, pole position second. That's that's where we should be all the time. We will have the players to do that. Jed, you make a great point, and I really do agree with you. And that converting chances would make a big difference to this group, and had turned out a hundred and ten percent. But to come to yourself, Ross, first in this one. Now, yeah, I get it. There's been flashes. Yeah, we've all talked about it. No European football after Christmas for Celtic Football Club for me isn't good enough. 
Um, it's disappointing. Absolutely. But I think if we go back to all the time we've converted our chances, then we would probably have European football after Christmas. It's been a long, long time. I can't even remember the last time when Celtic didn't have European football after Christmas. And there's been seasons past where I wouldn't have accepted it because I've never seen a Celtic team with such an identity as they have now. And I understand you just want them to change in certain games and all that. I get it. But I've never seen a team with such an identity. I've never seen a manager with, like, such, like he just knows where this... He's got a vision of where this team wants to be. He's thinking two, a couple of years ahead, two, three years. All the managers in the past are in the moment, this season, and I get it. It's your next game and all that. I can see where the team's going or where Ange wants the team to go. And if, if he's backed, I think he can take the team to where he wants them to be. And, I mean, that's not going to be a Champions League final or that. Of course it's no. But... Oh, sorry. Are you reading that? Yeah, no, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Uh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Fuck, I. They went toe-to-toe the other night, according to James Tavernier, oh. but that's another story. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Aye, what what were we saying again? I lost my train of thought. We were basically I, I came to you about the European being a failure. You were saying it basically aye, he, he's so looking at this as a process process again, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I, I I just feel like if he's backed enough, and I'm not saying go pay some amounts of money and I'm not saying we'll get to a Champions League final, but I I've watched and that sounds like I'm being a fucking no, I don't mean to sound like that. I've watched Celtic for many years and I've watched Celtic when they didn't have European football um, after Christmas. And it because they were absolutely shite, they, they were getting put off. I mean, I, I can't even mind exactly. They maybe get put out teams like fucking Kasiche or Sadova or something like that in the UEFA Cup. No, right? the Damax 5-1. That was brilliant. Going back many years ago well you, 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 you'll get better me but you, you get my point yeah. at, at the times previously when Celtic didn't have European football after Christmas they were they were a poor side and there was no vision you didn't know where they were going to go this is the first time in a long time Celtic have had European football after Christmas but I'm okay with it this year because mm. I understand that we have got a vision we're on a journey and I believe that we can get Maybe know where Angie's expectation sinks because he he's like that. He he believes that he can take them anywhere he wants. It'll no be that, right? But if if they can get out of a Champions League group again in the next two years, that would be amazing. And mm. that that is I believe this team can go and do that. And that's why at this moment in time in the journey I'm okay with not having European football after Christmas. But they have to kick on now in terms yep. of domestic football. And by the way, if they don't get a treble, that's not a failure of a season because a treble is a very hard thing to do. We normalised that over the last number of years. But if they get, certainly the league, that's a must. 
I don't see any way we can't win the league. We've got a tro- another cup on top of that. I still think we've progressed because we've done the same. We've we've done the same dem- as last season domestically, but we've got that experience in the Champions League under our belt now. That's progression for me at this moment in time. But Ross, I, I yeah. may put a comment up a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. when we were talking about the Champions League. Man United didn't qualify in the first three seasons of the Champions League. You know, Aye. it takes time. Now, I'm not comparing us to my... Aye. I'm just using that example. Like I said, oh, no. next year, we're looking for improvement. So, fingers crossed, we win the league, then we can move on and see where we go, we go from there. So, are you, are yeah. you effectively saying that I know you mentioned that the European campaign last season said, and quite coincidentally, because we got knocked out of so many European competitions, yeah. we ended up in Europe after Christmas. I know. <laughs> that's the, again, see as well, see as well, like people will see me nodding along to what you're saying, Ross. I can see 100% what you mean and where you're coming from. I think it's just about a difference of opinion. I'm just thinking, Jed, that eh, it was there. Maybe next year, no people say there's improvement, but that's not guaranteed because the teams around you will improve. And then, is there that gap increasing again? And then we're going to say again, we're going to improve. And then they improve again. And it gets year on year. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So there, as Ross said, we have to step up. We have to finish this league. But before we get on to that, come back to yourself again. Are you disappointed? Or is it one of them things like Ross, you kind of can see the bigger picture and all this? Yeah, I'm disappointed, but I'm looking at the bigger picture. The, the league for me is always a priority. Always. Europe is a bonus. Um, so you've just got yes we would like to have been in Europe after Christmas but I'm not I'm not too bothered about it now because we move on now my concern was if we qualified for for the Europa League it's then getting to this Thursday Sunday scenario game we're probably playing catch up and psychologically that can be bad I mean I remember the time maybe some of the older guys might be mind when Tommy Bonds was the manager they served to be in European, the Europa League when they first moved it to a Thursday night. You had to play on a Saturday, not a Sunday. And we lost that league that's, that year by a point. But we had to play a Thursday and then a Saturday. So, as, so it's always my... Thursday, I don't like Thursday night football. So I'm in that way, I'm glad or not because it means we can concentrate in the league. Yeah, but it got us more exposure, more money... But what then? There's no guarantee for the next round. We could have got pumped out anyway. And then it's all oh, you've been knocked out of two tournaments again. I don't. I personally don't agree with people. If you get knocked out of the Champions League, you shouldn't go into the Europa League. Knocked out of the Europa League, you shouldn't go into the Conference League. You shouldn't do that. Hundred percent. And I don't believe. And again, it bugs me. This Champions League. It should be champions. We we're in a group. We were in a group yeah. this year. Real Madrid was champions. Shakhtar was champions. Leipzig were Rangers were in a group where there was only one champion, Ajax. Liverpool and Napoli were champions. A joke. It should only be champions in the Champions League. But it's all money now. All money. Yeah. Jed, you must be That's going to bring purpose, you buddy. perfectly on to you, 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 you must be doing this on purpose because you bring up <laughs> Champions League. It should be champions. Money, money balls through football. <laughs> And do you know what, Jed? Just for that, I'm going to come straight back to you because there's been whimpers. Ross is laughing. What a segue. Yeah, right. Ross, 100%. But yeah, there has been talk again of this European Super League, Jed, arising 
its head from the, the pit of despair that those left in last season. Obviously, a lot of the big clubs, I think they're trying to leave the English clubs behind now and kind of go out themselves. And they're trying to, according to the, the rumours and stuff they got, include Celtic and Rangers. Now, the, thing, the reason why I find this interesting is you spoke about it very early on in the podcast, mentioning the quality of the SPFL. We're never going to get far on that. Money, finances and stuff. So from that base then, should you support that kind of notion that we could go into a European Super League with these clubs? Right. Well, Ross, I'll ask, ask you a question on this. If they do start this up, it'll probably be two divisions. It'll be the Premiership and the Championship. Do you think we're going to be in the Premiership? I personally Me? don't. No, Stephen, sorry. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. I, I think they'll put... You know, they'll have it like... They'll, they'll have two le- two leagues. They'll have a Premiership and a Championship. And they'll put us in the Championship. Now, yes, that will generate money. But we still... I don't think we'll be in with the big boys. We'll then need to... I'll be like, or oh, promoted next year. The, the top two or three will then get promoted. So... Yeah, I, 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 get what, I get what you're saying, right? In, in terms of this I've thing. I've not heard much about that. I've just heard what you've heard. So until I yeah. actually see what it's going to be... Are they really going to leave out Liverpool? Chelsea? Well, I think that I think the backlash that they received from their fans was quite telling. I don't think they're going to go anywhere near it. I know Barcelona and Juventus, Madrid, obviously they're facing money issues, so they're looking for any excuse, Ross, to get out of their leagues and join something that resembles, maybe, as Jen said, they're like a two-tier type system from promotion relegation type thing. And Joe Finley, SPFL, seriously ranked rotten. Join anything, Ross? Are you on them lines, or what were you thinking? Um, well, I've never heard you put you said that earlier on, but the way looks sport, and it is, it is, it's hitting the spot, kid. Um, and you said earlier on about Celtic Rangers getting into. I've never heard anything about it. Jed makes a good point. The way the the Super League was initially, um, like how they were going to they were going to have it, was totally wrong. It was, it was no way. It was for the big, the big wigs, the European big wigs. They were going to get better. The gap was going to get bigger. It was going to ruin football. The way Jed's sort of talking about it, I don't know if that has, if that's just Jed's opinion or if that's what's been spoke about. If it was like a two-tier system, and other teams could get into it, and they were they were able to get like um, promotion and relegation, where other teams could get in and out. Because it was just like shut off that first one, mm-hmm. my understanding of it. So I would maybe be more on board with that, but at the same time, I, I really can't see it happening. I really can't see Celtic and Rangers being invited along to it. I, I would well, love the Celtic board that were rubbing their hands. Oh, right. oh, so the know, Celtic board course, would, would would take it in a heartbeat. Of course they would, because they, they're running at the end of the day, it's a business. And that but propels the business. We don't know what it entails yet. It's just a discussion. No, of course you don't. But I, I for me, it would be a two-tier system. I, listen, I, I think that that would work better and it would <clears> be <throat> fairer and it would open it up for everybody to get a piece of the pie, if you like. But whether, I mean, whether it happens, I think it's it's been spoken about that much that is going to happen at some point. How it happens, how it's set out, will have to be discussed at length, and it'll have to be fair 
for everybody in football. Otherwise, football's done. It's a weird thing, isn't it? fair for everybody. It's the Champions League is. It's no fair than now, eh? It's only what four leagues: uh, Germany, Spain, Italy, England. Four teams get in it. Joke. Aye. Absolutely. Aye, you're bang on, Jed, eh? But, Jed, you, you make the point there. I know the Champions League is reforming in the 2024 and 25 season. And to be fair, coincidentally, that's going to look like a league as well. They're going to have like 24 teams in it. There's going to be matches across the board against all these different teams. But this this brings it back to the way new argument. And I haven't really spoken about this a lot in the podcast, right? McGrand is a big believer in it. He says for Celtic to improve and kind of get better, we need out of the SPFL, right? But I'm more of the realist being like, we're, we're, we're never really going to go to that league. We've talked about England before. They shut it off. The, the cross-Atlantic leagues, they've shut it off. And I know there's talk of the Dutch league and the Belgian league combining at some point. So that would be interesting to see if that works out. But you look at the, the Super League type of things. Is this really probably the only chance? Now, I think Ross is bang on. There's going to be a reform of football really, really soon. Otherwise, it's going to be finished in terms of finances and trying to fund models and different leagues and all that type of thing. Is it right Celtic should maybe be looking at opportunities to get out of the SPFL? I'm more of a, to be honest with you, Jed, like in a weird, strange way, I do love our league we're in. And it's the romantic side about it, that the fans are passionate, there's no fake shit. Everyone's just wanting to win games. I know we talk about refereeing decisions and stuff like that. But for Celtic, the, the progress as a club, is this the only option? Uh, it, it, it will be an option if it comes to fruition. But, I mean, yeah, I know, like I'm, I've said earlier as well, the SPL's not a great standard. But when we are playing against the other teams, it's their cup final. So they're trying, like, beasts to beat us. But I honestly, I mean, I was reading something today. Things may change anyway. Sky TV, I've lost over 252 250,000 yep. subscribers. If that keeps going, are they going to be able to fund the English League the way they've been doing? No. So the English League could maybe have to change. And they could be looking at other things like the European Super League. So we just don't know what's around the corner. I'm just money dictates everything. Yeah. So, see, see, to be fair as well, Jed, I've seen a lot of support in the comments. Ross for like the type of environment Celtic could be in and what they could face in years to come. And Stubbsy Horse here, football's a bus. We can either wave the train off from the station or be on it, Ross. Now, we talked about before, I know when the Super League came up, we had we talked about it briefly, obviously, on the podcast, as you call a filler segment. This takes two hours, but <laughs> but uh, you, you, you look at it and we talked about it there. We've seen the reaction and backlash from their support. I just don't see there being a backlash, a major one from the majority of Celtic fans, but I think we all know, as Dan says, money dictates football. We need more money to compete. So is it really a bad option to, to consider? I don't think there'd be a backlash, but again, it comes down to how how it's laid out and if it's going to be fair for everybody. But in terms of the way it was laid out before, I totally understand why there was a backlash for Liverpool fans, all the fans down south, because it was wrong. Mm. It was morally wrong, first and foremost, before anything about football. It wasn't fair on any of the other teams. It was going to leave them in the doldrums. They'd be dead. But 
what that guy, the point that guy makes, is Sorry, I forget. Aye. Um, it's valid, right? Celtic Rangers are no, they're doing their very best, right? But they're not going to be. I always think, like, if Celtic, if somebody, it's not going to happen, right? But if somebody took over Celtic like Newcastle, right? And they went and won the European Cup, by God, would I love it, right? It'd be amazing. But it'd be diluted. No doubt in my mind it'd be diluted. But I would still embrace it and love it. You don't know when you're going to... I mean, look at the money Man City's got. They've still not done it yet. It's a very difficult thing to do. If Celtic done that, I would love it, but it would be diluted. I want Celtic to do it the right way. But if a Super League comes in and it's all fair, and it's more fair than the current setup of the Champions League, and it allowed Celtic to go to another level where they, they, in terms of the, the stature of the club, where it could take them to the level where they deserve to be. I like that. That would be amazing, eh? It's not going to happen, but it would be amazing. <laughs> uh, and it was all fair, and it was a level playing field, and Celtic done something like that. It wouldn't be diluted. But it's never going to be a level playing field, and Celtic... No are never going to be at the top table, at the top level, sorry, at that unlevel playing field, if you like, because of the yeah. country they play in. What's Plain and, it doesn't matter how they set it up, we'll never be at the the Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid, or the English pricks. Like, we'll never get that level of um, investment I think you're going to say Aye. something there, Ted. Yeah, I Aye, mean, go for it, Ted. It was it Stubbs there? Someone put up earlier about you buy a ticket, you want to make sure you're on the train. I agree with him. Of course, you want to be on the train. You want to be part of this. A bigger. You want to be in European football. Get the name. I mean, that's, the Celtic Football Club are massive, worldwide. Been fortunate. Any, you know, when I'm away going holiday in a country, I try and always visit a supporters club. Always try and do it. We are massive, and by if we could get there, it's going to create this. It's, we are going to get bigger again. Mm-hmm. But a lot of guys are serious. Well, is it thing when the principles of what we probably all believe in? You know, we're a Scottish team. Should we really just stay in Scotland? I don't know. Times change. We're, I just don't want to be left behind. That's the only thing. Yeah, hi, hundred percent. That's my main gripe with it. Surprisingly enough, like seventy percent, I would say of the comments I've seen are for an opportunity like this to arise in terms of looking elsewhere. And I want to go back a few comments just to get people involved. Uh, Gary Melrose, the best we can manage in the SPFL is to get the infrastructure in place to be a real development club like Ajax, Bruges, RB, Leipzig, etc. I prefer that to any Super League and abandon principles. Again, that's something as well. We we always talked about the Ajax model being probably the most realistic. Joe Finley. Stephen, what's a different SPFL teams want to win? I uh, camped out shit we stayed in from our pitches, piss rest and a horrific weather. That for me is why the SPFL is different from the majority of leagues in world football. There's just something about it. And I remember in school and I used to get a lot of grief from people that would say, oh, Celtic are up in Scotland, blah, blah, blah. And they would ask me like, to watch like, English league games and stuff. And say if I'm honest, I'd watch some Scottish games over watch EPL games, like the likes of a, an Edinburgh Derby. I'd watch it the, the, the likes of highlights and stuff I'd watch them over these games 
And I, I don't I used to get all sorts of grief for that. There's just something about the Scottish League that attracts me, and obviously that's Celtic Football Club. And we know the rest of it. I mean, we're not stupid. We know all the, the bias in the country, the media, the backlash from certain things. But again, if it kind of counteract my own point, as I like to do sometimes, I want, <laughs> as Jed said, not for us to be left behind in football because I'm yeah. fed up of getting into these campaigns and the first headline comes up, oh, we can't compete with wages, we can't compete with finances. If there's a way to make Celtic more money, and we don't have to ditch the principles of the football club, we don't uh, have to ditch it. That's, that's we can, the thing. Yeah, yeah but, we, but can, we can rake in money from other ways instead of getting uh, Saudi Arabian owners or American oil rig owners to buy over a club. We can get it from sponsorship, from being more exposed. We get it from packed out stadiums more often when we go to play these big clubs. Merchandise sales will be through the roof. Signing players from the likes of Japan. Again, we've took advantage of that market. I think there's more to come there. But they kind of they come to the agenda again. You mentioned it not being left behind. That's the, the bugbear, isn't it? And the principles yeah. of the club as well. People wouldn't be like to be tore away from that. No, I, yeah, def, definitely. You you want to to be in the, with the big guns. I mean, years and years ago, we were we were the big gun. Yep. We were the, we were you know our history proves that in Europe, what we've done. But I mean, you mentioned earlier as well, Stephen, about the English games. I don't know many English Premiership games I've watched. Jeez, oh, I've seen better junior football games. Yeah. The most yeah. overhyped league in the world, and I'm a mug. I'm still bloody watching. Absolute shit. A lot of the games, you even put. A lot of like the build up Man City against Chelsea, Chelsea against Man United, Chelsea against Liverpool. Some of these games have been absolute shite. Yeah. No, and it would normally please me more than the money just to come out, out of there. Because that market, the players, I keep bringing up in the commenting on the worst players. I can't get my head around all of them at Burnley. 20 million quid. Oh. 20 million quid. <laughs> Honestly, God. Yes. Yes. The worst. He's one of the worst footballers I've ever seen in my life. Twenty million. Now we all slag Morelos. How much is Morelos worth then? If he's worth twenty million, he's surely got to be worth more than that. If you go by English transfer values, it is height to the max. Yeah. Did okay. you see the new finger? Did you see the new finger getting where you can see like real life stats during the game? It'll like come up like a hieroglyphic type thing. It's been announced, and you'll, you'll see like circles around players and distances covered and all that. It's madness. Oh, and just the kind of the round it off, Ross and Jen, if you want to get involved in this too, because I, I can imagine some people may find it a bit controversial. Alistair Jack, a regular listener on the show and watcher, and going to be the next participant in the Fear Takeover as well, says, making money, sell them the Edmund rights, Ross. Absolutely no fucking danger, man. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. What did Dallas no chance. Right? So stadium, do you know why the new camp's no. called the Spotify Camp now, no. or whatever it's called? No. Well, ever until you said a wee bit, no. No. Nope. Well, if you think about it, how, what do you call the stadium? Call it Parkhead. Right. Other people call it Celtic Park. Other people call mm-hmm. it Paradise. So it's not yeah. got one name. So we, I bet. Might, uh, we could, we could, if we had to do anything. It maybe be the stadium then, because there is three different. I like, I like, I like him. You know, <laughs> I'll call it, I think to be honest, I'll call it Parkhead. So there. You know, you know, Paradise. I, I actually don't think I really call it pa- Paradise. No. But I would normally say Parkhead. 
So everybody's calling it different. So then to call it, what did you say, Emirates? It was Emirates Stadium, Celtic Park. I personally, I know a lot of people wouldn't want it, but if that brings an extra money, if I have to do anything, I would accept that. I would accept that before taking money from Saudi Arabia. That's interesting, right? The, the reason, the reason why, Ross, and you've seen the big clubs in the world who don't necessarily have money issues, so to speak. I know Barcelona, they're like a, a kind of against the grain type club who've just lost millions of pounds out of nowhere, right? Aye. And I, me personally, I'm not saying I'm for it, but I'm on the lines of what Jed's saying. If there's a way to make money quick and get the name out there again, maybe 20 million quid, for example, if you're paying for name rights for, for our stadium. Not saying I want it in a million years, but I'm just saying it. it's maybe a possible kind of avenue if we don't want to go in these super leagues and things like that. I know that the new comps like Spotify, whatever arena now, you've got the likes of the Allianz Arena, all changed names, Juventus have done it. Big clubs have done it. And even Arsenal as well, hybrid the Emirates. So what's the great... No. Well, you, I mean, you make the point of the hybrid Emirates. It's a completely different stadium. I know, I know. But they could have still spot. called it. They could have still called it the the hybrid or something. But they called it Emirates for sponsorship. Aye, and... But for me, it goes back to the same sort of idea as the Super League, right? And that I want Celtic to progress, and I, I want them to get to that next level financially and in a football sense. But it has to be done the right way. And I don't want the club to lose their identity in doing that. And in selling off the naming rights of the stadium, I think we're losing the identity a wee bit. And it's the same. I know it's going to happen, but again, I go back to if an oil rich guy came in and took over the club. I want Celtic. I want to be how Hearts fans feel when they score against us. Elated, can I believe it's happening? I still want that feeling. Mm-hmm. doing that in, in Europe against teams that we shouldn't be beating if we get like an oil rich guy it takes us to the next level or we get put into a super league where it's no fair on other teams because we've, we've, we've got a bigger name and we go to that next level and it's and it's known a level playing field I don't think you get the same that, that same elation probably in the moment Mm-hmm. Winning if you won that big cup again, you would get it. But I, I just feel like I like being the underdog in Europe and beating the odds because that's that's who we are now. Yeah, yeah. We weren't in the sixties, even the early part of the seventies. But I think that's who we are now, and I I like being that team. And I obviously want to do better, but I want to do better in the right way. I don't want to be a Newcastle or a Man City or a fucking Chelsea. It's pish. Chelsea weren't a big club. Man City aren't a big club. They're big clubs in their wee area. But Chelsea yeah, were yeah. wide. No. They didn't even get close to Glasgow Celtic. What I would say, if if I ever got to the stage where, I, where I, the naming rights were sold, to me it would have to be like, it would be like Celtic Parks sponsored by Emirates. Is there no like a fancy sorry, is there no like a fancy like company called Parkers or that? We could I would be up for that. Parker <laughs> Pens. Parker <laughs> Pens they could take over. Parker <laughs> Pens. Jesus. Jesus. It's, it's, again, it brings it it brings it back to I mean McGrandlicum's in, what a name, lads. 
Jock's team the stadium, eh? What a yeah. what a salute to them being man. Well, that's that in the Jock's team stand, so yeah, I'll accept. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hundred every day and twice on a Sunday for that one. But I mean, like it's it's interesting. I mean, we've took different, as I said, different avenues tonight in terms of going around and talking about all the different stuff in, in world football, and it, it brings it back to the point. Every club in England, as you said, Ross, have lost their soul, their identity. Right, you have Man City who are run about pretending they're the biggest club in the world, and really mm. finances dictated where they are. Chelsea the same, Arsenal didn't extend, obviously not as high up as them. They're United have tailed clubs. off. Ah, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. But it's all dictated by finance and dictated by the wee yep. world they've built around them. And for me, I know you're traditionalist, Ross. You kind of proved that tonight in terms of I'm sadly football club, <laughs> and a hundred percent me as well. But again, like Jed, there has to be a, maybe a different way of thinking if we don't be left behind year on year and then complain about finances, complain about world-class players if we don't take these opportunities, Jed, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I said earlier, we, I, I don't want to be left behind. I want to be the ticket for the train, to go on the train. Of course you do. But what I certainly don't want is, well, you watch English, like at the Merseyside Derby, Manchester Derby, whatever, your, your biggest rivals, they score a goal and the fans, they're not even celebrating, they're out with the phones. Take yeah. pictures. Mm-hmm. Get a grip. It's incredible. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Get a grip. Yes. Yes, Dad. Get under them. Come <laughs> on. We love that. <laughs> and by the way, you can't yes. even say it's tourist fans because it won't be. This will be guys from Manchester. Oh, they want to take pictures. That's no fans to me. You want to celebrate with, with the people round about you. Cuddle yep. them, whatever. Cuddle them total strangers. Aye. Yeah. Yep. Let me take a selfie of that. That's the way it all is now. But I mean, uh, great, aye, I know great. it's... Yeah, bang on. Great chat about European football. That's what kind of obviously, like we always did on Friday, seemed to go way on. But we'll bring <laughs> it back to domestic accent, Jed, and I'll come straight back to you here. You, you mentioned <clears throat> early European football, time to focus on possibly the domestic treble. And I think there's a few guys, maybe you, Ross, I don't know who said Sally could possibly go on beating this season. I think it was you who said that, I think. When, I when said it in a, a great disagree. I said ah, it was a possibility, know, but the, it's a big, they've not big done it. They, to say. I think oh, they right. fucking yeah. fell short the week after or something. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, even if we go win the treble, we can say we're in, invincible. Rangers done it when they won the league there a couple of years ago. They said they were invincible, even though they didn't win the two cups. Yeah. So, who would you say we're invincible? Aye, just Pretty make sure as we go along. It's a, it's a new addition to the NSL's podcast with the original logo, by the way. Retro, isn't it? The retro logo is back again. But come to it, said, domestic travel, is it not an ambition? Is it an aim for you? Or is it like what Ross said, maybe if I do the double or even just do the league, would you be happy with that? Or is it just a, a double the travel you'd be looking for? First and foremost, I want the league. That's the priority. Yeah. And anything else, a bonus for me. I mean, when I, th- I think back, I remember when Martin O'Neill, <coughs> first season we won the treble. That, I think, remember, that was the first treble I've ever seen. And then when Brendan Rodgers done it his first season, the, when it was invincible season, I'm like that, this is something we don't see often. And then to go and do it the next the next three years, I think, was that six trebles we've got in our history? So mm-hmm. if we could get yeah, a treble that yeah. year, we'd just be phenomenal. Yeah. Will we get it? I don't know. That's all hope. But I just want the league first and foremost. Yeah, and I think as well, if if we get the seventh, does that equal their record? I think it does. I think it does. I think mm-hmm. it does. Yeah, I think it does. So, 
I think as well, Ross, you have to be careful, isn't it? Because you come out of European football and the first thing people say, domestic travel, has to be in the bag. It has to be the aim for the club and all that. Yes, Anne's won the domestic double. And, and as you said, you trusted the process then, but it's evolved from that for you. Me personally, if I, if I look at this league season, if I look at their squad and look at what they're going through currently, if that trend continues, I can see us being at Christmas time a good couple of points ahead. I'm over four points now, but I can see that being increased. There's nothing about them really that scares me no more. Not scare me, but they kind of gives me anxiety. I know we spoke about Kemp before being a danger, things like that. And I'm not being disrespectful to the other clubs involved. I think they could quite easily take points of us on any given day, like St. Murren done, and that type of thing. We have to be get over, get rid of that complacency. And as Anne said last season, when we lost them three games, we have to be near on perfect. Maybe not to that level just yet in terms of perfection and, and winning every game. But I can see as steamrolling now and getting involved because we've got Starfield coming back, Yada's coming back, and then we've got the captain coming back. Um, I'm no way to say nothing. I'm no way to predict anything. You're saying, I predict, you're saying I, I predicted that we, we could go unbeaten and about two weeks later, we got beat. So I'm no way to curse anything. But, I mean, the what you're saying there is right. Rangers... Don't look the team that that they have been. Uh, st- I mean, they, they drew with Livingston last week and they have been out of form. But in that period, they've still been picking up results domestically. They've still been getting the wins. It's narrow wins, but they're still winning. Celtic got a narrow win last week and we all hailed it. Yep. Ross, you know what I mean? So, Andrew's reaction last week at the Hearts game. I've never uh-huh. seen him reacting like he did. Well, after oh, he was so animated, I. You know, fucking yes. You know, that, Aye. he realised that's a big point, the big three points last but week. I, but I think, I think it, he realised, it, it was, at, at the stage of the season, I don't think, had we know came through the amount of adversity that he came through, and during that game, I don't think it would have felt as big to him, as what it did. I don't think at the stage of the season it it would be an absolute gutter. I mean, you don't. We were five points ahead of Rangers at one point. We lose that game. Rangers probably going to beat Livingston, right? And we're leveling points. So as as a bad one. So as a mass, as oh, a massive one, in that sense. But at the same time, I think it felt bigger because of the adversity we came through and during that game. With the, yeah. the new VAR, the terrible decisions, and we still overcame it all and scored four goals at Tynecastle. We conceded three goals at Tynecastle and still won. Yeah. I think as well, like, it's funny, isn't it? The people who done RVAR got rewarded with a, a lovely, tasty trip to Ibrox for their next I session. Know. I mean, only it? in Scotland. Only in <laughs> not, Scotland. Remember, man. guys, we can't be deluded. We're not allowed to be no, deluded. No, oh, I'm no. Par- See, I'm paranoid. We can't be paranoid or anything like that. Don't you dare. Yeah, mental case. It's interesting to hear your points. And to be honest, a lot of people saying these comments, you make a lot of sense and you really do. What about VAR? We haven't really touched upon that. And we did talk, we talked about it previously in our podcast, so we don't really have much detail to go in. Ross, you weren't on, so maybe you want to add to it. But uh, what's your opinion on this? It was a car crash, wasn't it? Is that me or Ross? Ah, Jeff. Right. Well, Last last week, when when the handball, you know, when Smith 
handball, I think, thank God, VRC, we're going to get a penalty now. Yeah. And we never got that. I thought, what's the point? What is the point of VAR if they're not going to give a, a, a penalty for that? Absolute yeah. joke. So, I, I, honestly, I, I just don't know how, how it's going to work. I'll be interested to see tomorrow at Ibrox to see what happens. I'm actually going to, I'm going to watch the game just to see what actually what it's like. But surely to God, if they're a handball at that at that game tomorrow, are they going to have a penalty? Of course they are. Yeah, of course oh. they are. Yeah. But this is, but I've said as well, VR shouldn't have come in the now. It should have been the start of the next season. What about the games it's yeah. been already been? Was it uh, was it Motherwell against the United something like that? There was a clear handball, and they never even gave the penalty. The VR so that's not fair in the teams who have been penalised in the past for not spotting fouls, offsides. To bring it in the now, I just thinks a disaster. Yeah, it should have been brought in at the start. A hundred and ten percent. This whole. I'm a bit out. I mean, when you see VR, when you see the Spurs goal the other night from the Champions League, it'd be disallowed. Come on. I've never seen it. Ah, I've never seen it, actually. Well, go on, go on YouTube and watch I it. See it. And I heard that it was bad. The hell it was called off. I don't know. I mean, honestly, see, I don't know. See, see, to be fair, Ted, I think what you said there nails it for me. This whole implementation, Ross, of it midway through a season, games have been played, points have been dictated where it's gone. Mm-hmm. Games have won, lost in decisions already. <laughs> you look at, as you said, only in Scotland with the shambles of them two people, uh, McLean and Walsh, get rewarded with a trip to the Ibrox and the Cousy seats to, to manage that game with VAR. Incredible. And I go back to it. We were so left in the dark of what was happening on the pitch. No one had an idea. The decisions were just... Like that, as you said, the handballs, yeah. Two seconds in the earpiece. He didn't even go to the monitor or anything to, to review it himself. He trusted what McLean said in that, in that instant, Ross. And I know you weren't on. I went a bit buck mad with Willie on, on Monday there because I was absolutely fuming at VAR. Yeah. But how, how did you feel? I know we've had a week to kind of reflect, but again, I still don't feel any different. I don't feel any different. I was fucking fizzing. If you ask Sharon <laughs> how I was, she says, I've never seen you like that watching a game of football, ever. And even at one point, I missed the Abada offside. I was watching the game with the telly, and I missed the Abada offside because the Wayne was in her room, and she put a thing on her Amazon to come up on the living room telly, and it's head, shut up, Dad. <laughs> I, was, I was absolutely apoplectic, right? And I'll, I'll tell you why, because when VAR was talked about it was coming into Scotland, right? Every one of us said that it won't make any difference to Celtic. It'll still we'll still get the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. It'll no change. The first game in VAR, Hearts get a penalty that in my opinion was a hundred percent a penalty. No doubt about yeah. it. Right? No doubt about it in my mind. Some people can argue, but in my opinion, there was no question, right? They took a few minutes, maybe a wee bit longer than they should have, but you can put it down to getting used to it. But they came to the right decision. Celtic had a a goal for Ralston that, in real time, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what happened. 
you look back at it and you can say quite often refs gives that give give that a bit of grappling in the box, they give it to the defender. If the defender falls, the the defender has bought the foul, right? Jack Amakis has no fouled him. But the defender's bought it and nine times out of ten the referee buys it as well and gives it, right? So you can understand why it was given. But the all the stuff in between it and that. No, That's I understand that as well. Yeah. I know, I know that. The referee was a bit maybe quick on his whistle, but again, you can put that down to it's the first game that the referee's done it. I know they've been practising, but in the heat of the battle, the fans all around you, you maybe forget yourself and I can understand it, right? But the penalty kick for Celtic, the handball, was everything that we thought, said and knew it would be before it came into play. Hearts get a penalty, they take three or four minutes to deliberate over it and they come to the right decision. They take less than 20 seconds to look at a blatant handball and they don't give it. They don't give it. And I'm like sitting there like no even in disbelief. I was was screaming at the telly, this is why we didn't want it because they're going to use it to just fuck is over and yep. I don't I hate being like this I absolutely hate being like this because I didn't want to go down that conspiracy route and all that but there's nobody got to tell me that we don't like and just said it himself and he doesn't talk about refs we don't get decisions what is it he said what was it Anne said uh, with only penalty kicks we take some training aye, and training <laughs> he's fucking right VAR was implemented exactly how I expected against Celtic on Saturday afternoon. And it will be implemented like that again and again and again. We've got a four-point lead, and I'll tell you, we bloody need it. Because well, they Ross, will do everything in their power. Up against a physical team on Sunday. So uh-huh. VAR better be because mm-hmm. they, they will certainly... They're letting us know we're in a game on Sunday. Love us. And by Always. the way, right now, right now, sorry, Jed, to cut you off there, but right now, as as the time to say, this is no right because we've won mm-hmm. that game. Mm-hmm. We need to because and I'm quite happy to moan about it now because we won the game. See, after a defeat, it just gives them the scope to say, "I oh, fucking rage because you get beat." You, you, do you know what I mean? You get decisions all the time. No, VAR came in. And it has been implemented exactly how everyone has thought. And for yep. me, that's no paranoia. That is just an experience of 20-odd years of watching the same shit going on. Jed, you said something interesting, right? And I, I know we're in... I mean, I hope you don't mind. This is dragging all of it. I'm enjoying the chat. I hope you're, you're, not, it, you're not looking to get away, Jed. But um, <laughs> Ross mentioned... If anybody's our... watching down the stair, any of the girls, I'll have another beer. <laughs> That's your code word. Get him a beer. Yeah. But um, yeah. I think as well what Ross says makes a lot of sense, right? And and I know Ross. To be fair, I'll back you up on this one. You don't like going down them rabbit holes, right? And it takes a lot for you to kind of go down there and down that route. And Robbie Boy, eighteen eighty eight. Why not go down a conspiracy route, Ross? It's always been this way. Which brings me to you, Ted. You said you've experienced that 
15 of the managers so far at Celtic uh, Football yeah. Club. Where does this rank for you in terms of what you're seeing with Rafferty in the season the way back then? Not way back then. I mean, that sounds really yeah. disrespectful. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean? The back then in previous managers. Look, there has been some horrendous... I mean, a Celtic Rangers game from about what, 15 years ago was at um, Broadfoot. Fouled yep. in the... In, and the penalty wasn't given. You just you, there has been loads of decisions. Uh, that ha- even don't go back. Don't go back that many years. Ronnie Dyla, the semi final against Ross County. Yes. Who was yes. who was refereeing it? McLean, McLean. the yeah. guy who was doing the VAR. Is that the same boy as ex Ranger season ticket holder? Come on, come on. It's getting to the stage. Do we do we need to be paranoid enough to say? No, we want referees brought in from Europe. Because I'm on that. in this country, like that. we do not disclose, the referees do not disclose which team they support. Yeah. In England, you have to. So if we, mm-hmm. want to, if we want to be white and white, we need to have people who are impartial. Whether, you know, Celtic fans can't referee Celtic games. Rangers fans can't referee Rangers games. We need to bring them in. Oh, sorry, boys. There you go. <laughs> the delivery, the delivery. Lovely. He's just crawling. Yeah. <laughs> Monty so wants to bring a point the other day. Do you remember Johnny Doyle getting Johnny sent Doyle, off yeah, across the ball? I'm sure it was against Stade United. He, he, he hot the referee with the ball by pure accident and was a second and and sent him off. So he did. I'm sure it was against Stade United. So it was. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we're just we're used to it now. It's part mm-hmm. of life. We accept that the referees are biased. Right. So we are, and we just say, oh, it's happened again. Yeah. But if you, if, if you kick up a stink, I mean, remember the last time it was the, the referees went in strike with Neil Lennon, the matchup at Dundee United, when the referee admitted they lied. But we, yeah. But it was their fault. It was Neil Lennon's fault because he asked, mm-hmm. you know, called him out. So they went and strike because of what Neil Lennon said. But he only commented but, because they were lying. So it hasn't it, got any better. I mean, it's been like this oh. as long as I can remember. And it's only going to get worse with VR, by the way, because yeah, I, I just said to you, I've like Sharon said to me, I've never seen you as angry. And the reason I was so angry is because, okay, right, before VAR, loads of decisions against us. But you can you can sort of say, you can caveat it and say, right, okay, in real time, he's maybe never seen it. You look back, do you know what I mean? Two, two and for my memory, are the George Cadet one at Ibrox. He's onside. Sean Maloney gets... Sean Maloney gets scythed down at Ibrox. It's a stone wall penalty. I can't mind. Neil what Lennon as well, Ross Ibrox. Uh, Neil Lennon, aye. At, at almost the identical position, by the way. And yeah. no penalty given. But you, you go to yourself, right, f- we've seen replays in real time on the telly. You can see it. You don't know what the referee's vision is. You can, like, sort of, right, okay, maybe. There's, there's grey areas. There's a... Element of understanding, but that Saturday was like 
Right, okay, it's up for interpretation in real time. But you've got, or you should have been allowed the benefit of replay. You didn't take it. You didn't even take a quarter of the time that you took on the Hearts penalty. Fuck yous. But Ross, what you've got to mind as well, right, Hearts had, they've got some screens in the stadium. Mm -hmm. There's not many screens, right? So fans are going to be there. So they don't know if it's a potential offside, potential penalty check, whatever. They're just going to be, oh, what's going on here? Because unfortunately, the money isn't there for the, for the clubs to, to install the screens. So the fans are going to be just waiting, thinking, what the hell is going on? But at least yeah. at the screens, at any of the clubs that's got the screens, they're actually saying, oh, potential offside, potential penalty. At least they know they're check, what they're checking. Yeah. 80% no, of the stadium don't have it. One of my biggest issues was as well, Ted, when you watch it on the TV, right, and you go back to the Bundesliga, Serie A, English Premier League, right? See when these checks are happening, you kind of get through into the environment of the, the room that the VAR officials are in. You can see what they're looking at. You can see the stills. You can see the lines. You can see what players are involved in that decision-making process, right? My biggest annoyance was the fact that it took probably around 10 minutes before Sky came back and said there was no penalty for a specific reason. I can't remember what it was. Hand, hand by the side. The offside goal as well. There was no clarification. And it's what's even more frustrating, as you said, Hearts have the big screens, right? Fair enough. We had the benefit of watching on one, the, probably the biggest TV organisation to do with football, and they didn't even tell us what was happening. They have no communication with the VAR room, and usually they do in the big EPL games. So if, if that's how it's going to work out, and I know for a fact that Celtic and the other team are majority funding this process, if one of them pulls the funding on that, and more likely be Celtic, then they can only blame themselves for not using it properly. Mm-hmm. I, I know there is no there is no right answer for, for this. But honestly, do, we either have it or we don't have it. And the looks of thing we've got it now, and we're just going to have to get on with it. And hopefully, if there is other mistakes like that, that more people then call it out. As Ross said earlier, Celtic had the ideal opportunity after they won the game and saying, yep. look, we're concerned about the referee. Could you explain I to think, us why that was not given as a handball? We want I think, to know why that wasn't given. I think uh, before VAR, right, we've, we've touched on decisions down the years, right? But again, I've sort of said, you can understand that in real time and all that, why a ref doesn't give it. You, you, can't, you can't argue it, right? Because you don't see what he sees, right? But I think after Saturday, I, I think, okay, you can say, right, we should have, maybe that was a, an ideal opportunity to then go, right, after a victory, right, what's the script? Can you hang right? But at the same time, it's the first game where, mm-hmm. but I think, probably Celtic are buying their time and the, I quite believe that they'll be able to build up a body evidence because I think it's going to happen time and time again. But I think they're waiting to build up a body evidence to then take it to whoever they need to take it to to say, right, now that VAR's come in, look at all this stuff. You cannot argue 
that these decisions are going against us and something needs to be done about it. I'm not saying it's cheating, but there's certainly unconscious bias in my opinion. But Ross, can you remember, it was maybe about eight to ten years ago, when Real Radio had the phone in and they done there was a, a boy put a thing about the honest mistakes. And it was all about the referees, various games, how we didn't get decisions, other the other team got decisions and so on. <clears throat> it was phenomenal. Now I know the boy that put that together. And he's an encyclopedia when it comes to stuff like that. It was yeah. fantastic. And it was honest mistakes it was called. Uh-huh. And it, is, it was eye-opening then. Naming it all down. And it, it had, this has been going on as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. So it is. And it's, it's a joke. That's but I think it's, it's harder evidence we, when you can do it when a referee's made a decision and then made a decision with the benefit of replay. I know, but look, like as you said earlier as well, the referee was at Walsh on Saturday. He's he's missed the penalty, so he's supposed to be getting the help from McLean. Uh And McLean turns around and says, oh, look, it's a penalty. That's that's why I wasn't panicking. I thought, we're going to get a penalty here, but not to get it. It's incredible. I mean, I must admit, you were going going mental when when we scored the, the third goal. To go three two up, I was going bonkers, Aye. absolute bonkers. So Je- Jessica's yeah. pal was in, eh, and the two of them were standing in the hall, just going. What's? I think one I, of the I most. Lost it. The most. I think one of the most terrible things. And by the way, Jed, I think that their um thing that you're talking about Stephen's has another reference to in the cup. You're black, white kid. <laughs> as another, am I? Aye. Has had another. Uh, Hold on a wee second. What about the honest what about mistakes? Nine? That's it. That's it. Aye. So there's there's been a lot of um, references to that, and I think they're talking about that in terms of honest mistakes. And what annoys me is, and Ross, you said it, and I, I thought it was really telling, and Jed, you, you alluded to it as well, we expect these decisions. And the fact that we have a four-point gap, not even security from our nearest rivals, it's security from bad decisions. I know for a fact, and I remember... Me and Graham McWilliams, who done a rewind with ourselves as well, um, talked about before Real Madrid and Barcelona. And I, I think it was Barcelona used to account for the fact before their season kicked off how many points they would lose via referee decisions. I'm wondering, is it the same thing with Celtic did? Because it is so obvious now that, as Ross Reddy pointed out, with VAR, there's no hiding space. And eventually... This is all going to catch up with them. And I don't know if it's going to come out in one year it was all cheating or whatever, but the unconscious bias is there. And I alluded to it on Monday. They don't need to say what team they support. They don't need to say where their allegiance lie. And that, for me, is unprofessional. Every other league in the world, no matter how obscure that league is, they have to declare what team they support. But I I, I personally don't think Air Board helped her sell 10 years ago. With the five-way agreement, because if they're willing to go in and do something like that, they're willing to accept the referees making mistakes as well. You know. Sorry, Jed. Can I just? What's the five-way agreement? About how when Rangers, the new Rangers came, were allowed to come back in, and it's they could keep the history and so on. Aye, the board agreed because every time it gets brought up at AGM, it's brushed under the carpet. An absolute yeah. joke. So if they're willing to do that, then they're willing to let the referee. The referees make the decision. They're not going to call it out. They're not. What I wish 
as if Fergus McCann was still here, he would call it out. Someone mentioned him earlier. I think he it was Francis, actually. So. Why would I? I, I? I think I'm right in saying he, any court case he went to, he never lost one. He won every court case. The guy was ruthless. And the, yep. honestly, the, that guy, if he was still on the board now, there wouldn't the best things not happen. He'd be calling everything out. So he would. He won with George yeah. Cadet when they, when they were late in registering. Farry had to leave his job after it. So it was an absolute joke. Air Club, Air Board has had a lot to answer for as well. They are not, yeah. they are not calling it out when they should be. By the way, see what all of that said, right? I don't know if this is fact, right? I don't know if anybody in the comments could look it up quickly or whatever, right? But I was talking about this in a, a, a Celtic like group that I'm on on Facebook and a Celtic fan had said to me that excluding this season, the last three years, both Celtic and Rangers have 17 penalties in the league each. I'm amazed at that, absolutely amazed. I trust the guy's opinion because mm-hmm. he's not a nugget or that, but I, I was completely amazed at that. That They've both had the same amount of penalties in the last three years excluding this season because the, the, the season Rangers won the league, they got a copious, copious amount of penalties that year. And I'd be amazed if that was right. That's it. Right. If anybody I mean, can look that no, up and come into the comments and enlighten us. If, that, if that's the case, I'll take it back then. Because that's shocking. Don't take it back. Don't no, no, I'm not asking you to take it back. No, I'm, no, I, was no. na- I was na- challenging no, you, you there. I was you, asking not you. you. Ross, not you. Oh, sorry, right. I oh, sorry. I'm aware of Fergus saying that. And if that's the case, well, he's been down in my estimation then. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm not really aware of that, Monty, so thanks for bringing up onto the thing. But yeah, we're nearly two hours in, as usual for a Friday podcast, fellas, and we'll we'll kind of draw the attention away from VR, even though it's probably going to be a discussion point in Monday's podcast after we visit <laughs> the, the Tony Macaroni Stadium, Jed. And as you rightly said, against the physical team, Dave Martindale, I mean, some way, Rangers supporting tracksuit world manager, has them playing well. And I don't know what he does, but he he does get them playing well. Let's be, let's be fair to him. He has a way of playing. It's a bit like off-the-cuff defensive mode and have a few players sprinkled in between who can cause a, a bit of hurt. The, the striker, Nubli, that Ross likes. and um, their, their winger, Bahambula, who looks like a decent sign of him quite, quite fast. And I know Pittman in the midfield has signed a new deal. He's been there most of his playing career. So they have a, a couple of a good players and Fitzwater at the back as well. Tony McElroy Stadium said potential banana skin. What what do you think? Yeah, potential banana skin, uh, without a doubt. Uh, that's why Jack and Marcus has to start on Sunday. Because it's going to be a physical game. You have got Fitzwater and Ubelai, the centre halves, so who are both six foot three. Physical guys. I, I watched the Rangers Livingston game last week. If you try and put high balls in the name, it's Piece of cake. Take, we'll take it all oh, day. Why? So we need to get the ball quicker, along the ground quicker. Because they will be up for it. That's not... We have struggled. I mean, we, we won we won there last season 3-1, wasn't it? When uh, James yeah, Forrest scored yeah. as well, the last the last game. So I just hope we go in with that mindset. And that, as you say, 
Nobilo, I can never pronounce his the striker. Nibley. He's a little guy. And he's another six foot three. So Jens will need to be on his game mm-hmm. on Sunday for that. Hold- because yeah, hundred percent. Where they always trouble us, look back in all the games, set pieces, where yeah. it's free kicks, corners. We have to, we have to try and make sure we're not giving away silly fouls, because if we do, they're a big team. They're just bringing all the big boys up, and oh. their team lacks height. I think, you know, like I say, Carter Vickers isn't even six foot, so Jens is is their tallest defender. O'Reilly's a bit of height, but. Is he, is he great at the back? You just need to bring Jack Amakis back for the set pieces yeah. trying to help out. But we need to be up for this on Sunday, guys. This is not going to be an easy game. Never has an easy I, game. I'm, I'm much of the mindset of you, Jenna. I know Martindale spoke about when he was alive, Brock's tactic was give Rangers the wings and kind of lump, they can lump the yeah. ball in from crosses. And as Jeff rightly said, they're. Yeah, they can cope as, you, as you, not a problem. As you rightly. If you already said with Obel Guy and Jack Fitzwater and people like that, they're heading up all the way, making drink for them. And you you went to Ross, and I know you like Nobly, you spoke with him before in our group chat and stuff, and maybe he could be the, the first striker that some fans want. You never know. Could the word works well, I say that mis- it's season, it? Yeah, you did. The word works in mysterious ways. But uh Jed's right, not gonna be an easy game. I think sometimes we'll have the the potential to underestimate them in their home turf. They have caused us problems over the years. Dykes, for example, players of that kind of caliber. I mean, you go back to Julian, couldn't even handle him. So there, there is a potential there. I think we need to get rid of that complacency, get the whole Champions League out of our minds and go into this game. And I think um, I think it was Greg Taylor said it with the treat this like we would Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Aye. Uh, Livingston are going to give Celtic problems. They give every team in the league problems because of their physicality, their organisation. But Celtic, if they play to their potential, they will cut them open. I believe that, <clears throat> and I think that I wouldn't in my starting lineup. I know Jed said eh, they gave Rangers the wings and let them lump balls in. That's fine. That's it's meat and drink for Livingston. But I think if you give Celtic the wings, they won't just lump balls in. I, I, that, yeah. For me, that's why. We Jack don't get the balls in, Ross, so that's, that's good play into that. Aye. That, well, that, for me, that's why Jack Marcus has to play, because it'll be no no, no like a lump in the ball in, because they'll get to the byline, but closer to the box, in terms of Hitati making that run in, stuff like that, the reverse ball, and Jack Marcus gets across the defender. That's the type of balls we need to be playing into the box against Livingston. We need to be hitting the bylines. We, we can't play through them, but we need to hit the bylines, make the park as wide as possible, and play low balls in. And Jack and Marcus all day long will get across the front of that defender and he'll get you goals. We might get goals for other areas. I, I feel but, it's a very diff- difficult game, but that's the way we have to play the game. But, Ross, if, if that's why I feel Jack and Marcus has, has to play because he can take players. Out, he can just can he run with him, and it creates space for guys running in. Well, your Atatis, yeah. your O'Reillys, etc. That's why he has to play. Mm-hmm. I think as well, I it goes back to the fact. It goes back to the fact, and by the way, Ross like Alistair is backing up your point. There are fourteen oh. penalties, seven leads the last two seasons, so he's come in kind of. That's incredible. Eh? But it is, it is incredible. But you, you go back to the, as you rightly said, I think it's both. I said that we move the ball quicker than they do. So 
effectively, if you create that space, and I think already maybe playing in the six might actually stick stick them a bit because then you have to deal with already's passing. You've got Hatate who can pick a pass and score you a goal from midfield. And if it's Haxabanovic back in that 10 rule, then again, there's another issue there. But yeah, Jed, Yakimakis for me has to start. Ross, you said it as well. Mm-hmm. If they're giving us the wings, and I 100% agree with what you both said, we can play different kind of combinations down them wings. You can have the likes of Taylor linking up with uh, Meda or Hacksaw or whoever it may be, Forrest on the left, for example. They can cut in, play under passes and get free you that way or get the ball of the Yakimakis. So there's two different variations of what we can do on the wings. And I'd be quite looking forward to seeing how much we've progressed in terms of going to the, the, the Livingston ground because Jez rightly pointed out we haven't had much luck going there. So go there and get a good win. It'll be a good statement for the season. And to come back at you, Jed, your score and your lineup prediction. Right. Lineup, I would go obviously heart and goal. Taylor, he was outstanding. We never spoke about it earlier. He was outstanding, I thought, on Tuesday night. Yeah. Jens, who had a good game of. Tuesday night and CCV. Right, I'm going to go Ralston. Right back. Okay. Midfield is kind of picking itself now with O'Reilly, Atati, and who am I, who am I missing out midfield? Hacksaw. Hacksaw, no, Moy. 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 Moy, I'm going oh, to go no. Moy. No. I'm going to go Moy, I know. Where are Waltz? <laughs> On the wing, the right wing, James Forrest. Left wing, I, I wouldn't play Jota from the start tomorrow. They're not in that yeah. pitch. So I'm going to go Maeda. And okay. up front, Akamakis. Right, score prediction? But if, you take, if you take Moy out, are you want the Has- Hasabanovic then to go in? And play yeah, the number that's 10? What I would do. That's what, I, that's would what do. I would do. That's what I would do. I mean, I think we need to move the ball quicker. Yeah, against I, I mean, I can organized. That's yeah, why I'll, I'll I'll that. I just, I'm just thinking about more the phys- physicality side of the game. I just feel mm-hmm. more. What, what a comment. <laughs> Line up, not a good choice. A phrase I know. Who, who manages that. <laughs> <Shows laughs> I, mean, I was watching ah, the game. Ah, when I was watching, because he was running up and down the line, I was actually thought he was trying to sell some lines. We sister it. <laughs> What's your score for next one, Two 0 Celtic. I like it. Really, two 0 is as funny as that. On the goal score predictions, goal you're bringing back the heaven. goal score predictions. Old school. You have to, to go with the flag. Old school. You have to do the triple threat here, Ross. So. Your lineup, your score, and your goal score predictions. Alrighty, duty. Um, <laughs> I'll go Joe Hart and goals. A back for a um, Juranovic. No, in fact, no. I'll play. I'll play Ralston. Ralston, a CCV, Jens, Taylor, midfield three, um, O'Reilly, Hatate, Haxabanovic. Just because of what we've said, I like my. I think he keeps the ball well, but I think we need to move the ball quicker against an organised, compact levy. And then, front three, same as Jed, Maeda, Forrest, Jacomacus. I'm going to go 3-0 Celtic, and I'm going to go Maeda, Jacomacus and Forrest. Nice. I like that. Very confident prediction so far. So for myself, I'll go Joe Hart, Anthony Ralston, 
Carter Frickers James, Taylor, O'Reilly, Atate, Haxabanovich, Abada on the right, Dakamakis through the middle, made on the left, and my goal score prediction will be 2 0 Celtic with a Yakamakis double. I think he's going to he's going to he's going to turn up trees against it. That's not <laughs> again. It's not underestimating Livingston. Let's be honest. We know we've had issues there before, so it's about the three points this time, I'll regardless of what way. They, yeah, mm. regardless of what, what way this game goes. Aye. Yeah, hundred percent. And to bring to bring in the comments to end off the evening, Monty's all about I don't know what's he mashed potatoes and sausage. Alistair Jack, we need to start quick. Ian McIntosh, Martindale will be keeping the lines busy. Stunts <laughs> again. Any, any win will do. He'll heal. Gary Melrose, three weeks ago, we'll go 3 0. What's your score prediction now, then, Gary? And then Stubbsy, Horse, Martindale could make a hash of it on Sunday. And McGranda, they round it off. 2 1 Celtic. Celtic will get a penalty. He's coming. Always miss it. Always miss it. Livingston. James. <laughs> no, don't. Don't. It, I know. And obviously, you, your Aravet shouldn't be playing tomorrow. So if we get a penalty, who's going to take it? <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, I tell you what, I've loved this episode. It's been Brilliant. absolutely fantastic. And Jed, come to you, buddy. Have you enjoyed being on? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, didn't didn't know what to expect. No, I see, didn't know what to expect. You just, look, it's all about opinions. Yeah. You know, people will agree, some people will agree with me, some people won't. I won't agree with everything that people put up. But we've all got the one thing, we all love Celtic, and that's it. Yes. We all want the best for the club. 100%. So, that's three points on yeah. Sunday, and we'll finish off the weekend. That's all we want. Yeah, 100%, buddy. And to yourself, Ross, have you enjoyed it? Thoroughly enjoyed it. I think, honestly, Jed, I think you've been first class, man. Yeah. You came in, and you've just embraced it, and your opinions have been brilliant, very balanced, Really, really appreciate your opinion and I really appreciate you coming on. And with, uh, It's not up to me, but I would have you back on again anytime. Thank you. Oh, why? 110%. And that's what I was going to say to you, Jed. Like, this isn't going to be a last, and hopefully you're up for coming on again in the future as well. To talk more, so like, if you're up for that, Jed, <laughs> come with us again. Use, I don't know if you let the guys know, but I had, I had issues, technical issues earlier. I had to go and change machines and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> When I first went on, I, I I was on in the studio with him. I was going, "Can you hear me?" Look like, at Monty, he's a fucking knob. <laughs> but here, fellas, it's been a great podcast. Jed, stick around. Don't be pressing any buttons. I want to get no a button. chat with you after. And until Thanks. Monday, and hopefully Cheers, a nice a nice comfy win for Sunday Football Club. Stay well and keep safe. Hill hill.